1: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we're going to go through the midfield rankings, the top 40 rankings for draft, and also useful for classic, let's go! Oh, just done it
0: from nowhere!
1: G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And joined once again, Luke Rogerson in uh, mid-season form today, mates. How are you?
2: Good. How is that that intro? Hey, every time I hear it, I just. Yeah the the pumped the up.
1: commentary the music yeah, yeah you like got to it, love it it gets you going
2: I, I, yeah even if you're a bit flat you get up when you hear that intro so. just,
1: yeah well i hope hope everyone else feels the same way cuz we like it
2: we, we, yeah it's a bit it's a throwback in the sense that that particular song was used for for one of the afl promos it was, yeah one of the ads i, I yeah. can't remember when it was but um takes you back.
1: They had the, I think they had the, the matadors and the oh, balls yeah, and stuff running Jonathan around. Jonathan Brown was yeah, in there. That was like brownie.
2: The it, was, it was good. It was back
1: good. in the day, yes. Um, all right, midfielders. So we've done our midfield uh, classic podcast this yep. week, talking about the premiums, talking about the mid prices. And today we're going to go uh, a bit more of a deeper dive into the top 40 rankings. So hmm. this is a draft rankings video, but like I always say, it is very useful, I think, for classic owners, for people uh, to see exactly where I kind of put or where we put – <laughs> um, you could say I oh, that. <laughs> well, I did this list. You're also going to give your opinion as well. But where yes. we put these guys that you might be considering for your classic team and how close they are away from the quote-unquote top eight or, or whatever it is. So, um, yeah. Should we just get stuck into it? Let's get stuck into it, mate. We've got, we got 40 players deep because obviously, usually we draft a few more midfielders than any other position. So we're starting at tier one. Now, in the defenders... <laughs> What have you got going on? You're right? Fucking
2: hat hair in my water bottle. That's (laughs) what I've got going on.
1: Um, So, in tier one of the defenders, we had one player. um, But in the midfielders, I think that there is a bit more more of a a blanket, so to speak, at the top. So, I've got five players in my tier one. And I think any one of these players has the chance to be the number one overall player in AFL Fantasy. And especially the number one midfielder. So, at number Mm -hmm. one, I've got Jordan Dawson. Two Andrew Brayshaw, three Marcus Bontempelli, who was the uh, the winner of this comp last year, Tom Green at four, and then Errol Goulden at five. I think those to me are, are fairly consensusly the top five players. You might have them in a different order to what I have them in, but do you think is there anyone that separates themselves out of this group of five to you?
2: Yeah, I'm on first glance at that list. There's I don't have any problem with who's there, but yep. I'd love to hear your thoughts about a few guys who maybe aren't there because I reckon that there'd be some people out there who might look at names who that fall into this next tier. Guys like Merritt, guys like Laird, that potentially I, I think you know may have been gypped. What's your sort of justification for how you separate these tiers? So
1: I I feel like these guys in the tier five, I, I feel pretty confident that all of them are going to be a, a one ten which might be in the same ballpark as those guys that you mentioned there. Yep. But I also feel that all of these guys have the potential and the ability to go, for example, like a 120 um, if okay. everything kind of aligns for them, whereas I don't feel like those other guys do. Okay. They might all have a similar kind of floor, but these guys' ceiling, um, three of the the five of them are, are quite young players in Brayshaw, Tom Green, and Errol Goulden. They're yep. all you know coming into sort of their for some of them, third year, fourth year, fifth year in the AFL. So still got lots of experience to gain. And then players like Dawson and Bonds, I just see as like those prototypical guys that tackle, mark, accumulate, impervious to tags for the most part. Impervious? Um, yeah, mate, throw that in your dictionary.
0: You uh,
1: so I, 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 just, answer, right? I just think that they've got a, another ceiling level compared to those other guys. But I mean, I could be wrong, obviously, but this is just how I see it. Do you, do you think... Personally, if you were to, to do this, would you put them in there? Or There was actually one other player that was in this list mm. that I did remove, which we'll talk about in Tier 2, okay. um, who on a per-game basis, I think, matches it with these guys, but there are a few issues to consider.
0: Yeah, I think I know who you're um, talking
2: about. I, th- I think um, the the one who probably stands out to me there is Zach Merritt. I think Zach Merritt's that yep. guy who is capable of getting to that 120 season, whether it happens or not, You know, my guess is is as good as yours. Um, but you know, last year... You know, 112.9. Yep. Um, so, he's there or thereabouts. He's, he's in amongst where these guys are. But that's but, the thing with these things. You, if you're on the cast, you very well yeah. could fall into that other tier, couldn't you? So the,
1: the reason for Zach Merritt specifically, while he's a bit below these guys, is the, the splits with him with Parrish playing in the team versus Parrish not in the team yep. um, suggests to me that he's more of that 109-110 guy. Okay. And those games where he played without Parrish kind of pushed him and elevated him up where he was more of that 115 guy. So, Fair, cool. I'm assuming that Parrish is going to be healthy for most of the season although he has had a few injuries, but yeah, yeah, he... Um, he
2: is pretty close to this tier, I, I would suggest. So, beautiful. And then let's let's uh reveal tier 2 and who's that particular player you're talking about as yeah, well. Yes,
0: so tier Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if
1: Two. Um, So we've got, again, another bunch of players here, which suggests that mids are going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of them at the top here, but they all are still all kind of, I think all of these guys are 105, 106 plus averaging players, maybe even all of them close to that 110. I've got Zach Merritt at number six, so close to that list. Rory Laird. Clayton Oliver was the guy I was talking about before. We'll talk about him in a second. Darcy Parrish, Tim Taranto, Josh Dunkley, Jack Steele. Zach Butters and Connor Rosie there at 14. So that is 6 through 14 with those rankings there. So, Clary Oliver, he to me, he's one of the best in the business at what he does. Yeah, um, I've said before that I think he's one of the most untaggable players in our game. But there's a lot of uh, uncertainty about what he's going to be doing this season, especially mm. this preseason. He's not training with the club at the moment. Now, we don't know a whole lot, um, but... When you're picking at the very top of the tree and you've got other gun players to choose from, yeah. Even though I think that quite comfortably has the talent to be in tier one, I've just bumped him down to this tier two. And you might even, you know, depending on when your draft is, or, or you know, how much more information we get close to the start of the season, he might even fall a bit further than this list. But yeah. on Jan 17th, say uh, something comes out and he's going to be training with the team next week, then he could easily bump back up to tier one. So it's a bit of a tough one to pick. So I've just. Kind of popped him in there for now.
2: Yeah. Okay. So yeah. What, what's let's say just for interest's sake, there is a guy that you know the word coming out. Oh, maybe they're going to miss the first couple of rounds, but you know that they're a premium. Well, how do you play that in draft? Like, how does yeah, that sort of work? It's,
1: it's a good question. It's um. I guess it depends on the nature of what they're missing. Are they missing because of a suspension that is a definite? Yep. They're out for two weeks. Yep. And they're going to be back in round three. Is it an injury that? is reported to be there by, you know, week six, but there's a little bit of more vagueness to that, or is it something like this, which is completely, we've got no information, we've got no precedent for this, and it's just kind of lingering there. The more uncertainty there is around something like that, the more I'm likely to drop them back down. So if it's only one or two rounds, uh, one or two games, sorry, I probably would only drop them maybe at most one round or so, if if anything. Um, But if it is like a more you know, an interrupted preseason because that then starts to impact whether or not they're going to be even playing at their best when they are playing because we know how important uh, pre-season is for AFL players. So, yeah. So Clayton Oliver's situation is a tough one. But at the moment, I've got him at eight, but very obviously open to move him around. Is there anyone from this list that maybe stands out to you? I think maybe some might think Jack Steele at number 12, Butters at 13, and Rosie at 14 are... Uh, Maybe a little bit higher than you would expect or... Yeah,
2: potentially. I, I had a bit of a chat. It won't have been released yet, but I had a chat with um, Bales last night, uh, yep. particularly about Jack Steele on um, on one of his podcasts. And I actually found some interesting things. I mean, Steele obviously popped in that 2021 season for the massive 120. But yeah, we know yeah. that 120s over multiple seasons are not really sustainable. You yeah. know, some players have, but it's, it's not something you do for a long stretch. Either side of that 121 season was a 110 season. The season before was a COVID-90, but let's call it a 110. And then we know that obviously dropped off a cliff last year with a 99, but we could sell ourselves the stories of injuries. So when I actually look at Jack Steele, I don't see maybe the regression that it the, potentially the looks like says, because yeah. I, I see three really good quality seasons and I see an injured season. Yeah. So to me, I can actually sell myself on the story that, well, Jack Steele's just had one injured season.
1: I, I can I can quite easily sell myself on that story too. And I, so, I feel fairly confident that he's going to bounce back up to at least above like that 106 kind of mark and yeah, and with I'm everything going well, 110, 111. So. That's
2: it. And I mean, I'm, I've got my classic hat on because it's sort of what I prefer. But if he gives you 110 in classic and you pick him at 99, is that underpriced premium? 100%. Hallelujah.
1: What about, what about our guy from our Richmond Tigers, Tim Taranto? Because he, he had a season of two halves, and if it was yes. the first half, Timmy T, he'd be in that tier one. Oh, of course. If it was the second half, Timmy T, he, he'd be probably down at tier four. Yeah. Um, so, I think that... It, it kind of, there's a, there's a narrative there with Jacob Hopper in the team and, and what he averages yep. with him there versus games where he's not there. I do think that that is something. But I also don't think that he's going to be solely the guy that we saw at the end of last season. I think he still had some really good games at the start of the year with Hopper there. So yeah. I still think he's going to be, you know, that one 10- you know, and even prior to the season, we kind of projected him to be like that 107, 108. I kind of still think that's what he's going to be. Um, and he just had a, a few games where he was playing above his head, which kind of gave us the false security that he was a 120 guy for the rest of the season, and captaincies seas were made redundant and all yeah, those sort of things.
2: We do tend to, to um, buy into the hoopla a little bit. I think the new coach factor is always something to just be aware of, I guess. A little so, bit cautious, Yeah, would say? so maybe when you've got a guy who's had not a great back half of the season. Now he's got a new coach. Can you really put him in tier one of your midfielder rankings when there's just that little bit of uncertainty there? Um, But like you say, if you flip that season, we're looking at it completely differently, aren't we? So it's hard hard to tell.
1: It is funny, the sort of the timing of when these things happen. Um, So that is tier number two. Before we move on to tier number three, guys, just a reminder if you haven't already, please hit that big old subscribe button if you're watching over on YouTube. And if you're over on the podcast listening along, give us a, a five star rating and review, guys. Always a Appreciate the kind words you guys have to say over there on Apple Podcasts uh, and uh, all the five-star reviews that come through on Spotify as well. So thank you very much for doing that. Tier 3, it's got our, uh, it's got our guy here.
2: No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again.
1: Luke Davies, Uniac. I have ranked at 15. And uh, at 16, I've got a player dropping, which I don't know if this will be a popular opinion, but I have Caleb Sarong coming back down to the pack a little bit more. He had a massive breakout last season, but I actually think Hayden Young might affect him. At 17, we've got Christian Petrarca. 18, Sam Doherty. 19, your boy, Noah Anderson. And <laughs> 20, Sam Walsh, 21 Took Miller, so there's a few, I guess, classic relevant names in this part of the rankings here. Talk to me about your thoughts on someone like an LDU, and and do you think that this is about the right spot for him? Do you think he should be higher, lower? Where do you think he would be in your kind of in your books?
2: Uh, it's interesting the names that you kind of put around him there. So so 15 LDU, and then you've got Sarong and Petrarca below. It's it's interesting because I look at LDU at his best in the same bracket as Sorong and Petrarca, you know, if he's doing what he can do at his best. But for me, it's a little bit of a risky pick with what we potentially know about his body and um, a potential lack of thirst as well. So I think that maybe at this tier three here, he's the speculative of the picks. And then if you wanted something that perhaps might fill you with a bit more confidence, perhaps someone like a Petrarca or Sorong gives you that... um, kind of certainty? Is, it, is that kind of a fair call to make? Or Yeah,
1: I will say that this is my projections in terms of where I think they're going to be at the end of the season and my you know what I think they're going to average. I think that you're going to be able to get LDU a lot later than those two players if you're doing a draft. I think Sorong yep. will by far be the earliest pick of those three. Yep. Um, and I would imagine that Petrarca might be well ahead of LDU as well, especially with the Oliver News and all that sort of thing. And yep. there's a bit of room about him potentially getting forward status and all that kind of thing. So... Um, I've got LDU in front, but you probably don't have to pick him there. I still think, though, that LDU being the man at North Melbourne yeah. bodes well for him versus someone like a Caleb Sarong who has to share with an Andrew Brayshaw. And yep. they both did, did it last year, so yep. he has that. But then you throw in a Hayden Young into the mix as well. And there's a little bit more downside if Frio do change up their game style a little bit because obviously they had a disappointing season last year. If they go away from a bit more of that... You know, chip mark kind of game so which I've done for the last yeah. few seasons. Then that might affect someone like Caleb Sarong um, a bit as well. But again, uh, I do I do expect that people to maybe disagree with that one because he did have such a good last year uh, year last year, and he's yeah. still very young. But uh, there's just a few little warning signs I, I kind of see there for Caleb Sarong. Okay. What about uh, what about number twenty here, Sammy Walsh? I've got him just above Tuke Miller, two early buy round players. Again, popular players in classic. Um, right behind uh, your boy in Noah Anderson. Do you think that they're in a similar, like, group with these guys or do you see them maybe separate or, or what are your thoughts on those guys?
2: Yeah, I think they, they're probably, I mean, I know you've got them here in the same tier, but I, I would agree on the order that you've got them. I okay. feel safer about um, like Petrarca and, and Sorong so, as yep. well. And then I feel safer that if, if LDU gets a consistent season, he'll average more than those guys as well. Right. Um, you know, there's little flags with Walsh and Miller on. You know, some previous injuries, just how well yep. they can bounce back from those as well. Walsh so, with the
1: role potentially wing, half forward. Yeah,
2: and just noting as well that when he did come back and Carlton were playing, because well, Carlton's different game it, style it yep. um, bode well for scoring as well. Cause, so, because I know yeah. a lot
1: of people are very quick to pencil in Sam Walsh as like a one ten guy. Um, yeah, and I know he's getting a lot of buzz in Classic and and you know that's fair enough. I, I do really really love the player. Um, and if and if he was in a good role and a good game style, I think he has the talent to be. Well, he has the talent to be in one of those top tier one players. Yeah, but definitely. but some the stars kind of have to align for those things to exist. Um, and I just don't know if they're going to align for Sam Walsh. But um, yes, I do have him as a top twenty mid um, with Tuk Miller just outside. Let's go to tier four. And this one, again, another bunch of players. A lot of these tiers are, are pretty chunky. Number 22, I've got Carl Amon, who I do want to talk about. 23, Tom Libertore. 24, Stephen Canelio, 25, Brad Crouch. 26, Lockie Neal. 27, Josh Kelly. And 28, Adam Trelaw. Luke, I'm calling this the old man tier in tier four. <laughs> the guys that are guns and just get it done. But there's... I would say limited upside um, based on age, with the exception of the guy at the top of this tier in Carl Amon. And after our mid-pricer um, podcast that was released, which if you haven't, go and check that one out. It was a very good one. You... Talked me around to Carl Amon a little bit in Classic. Don't listen to what I said. Well, I don't know. You you, you got your finger on the pulse this season, I reckon. Uh, Luke Hatt, remember?
2: Uh, (laughs) 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 It's just, yeah, projecting. Projecting good things. Thinking Um, positive thoughts. And
1: so I went back and looked at the season numbers or or the numbers that Carl Amon had the back end of that season when he was playing more of that half-back role, taking kick-ins... And fucking hell, he has some gaudy numbers there. He was some um,
2: big, big numbers, big,
1: big numbers. I think from his last six games, when he moves into that half back role, he averaged 112. Yeah, and so two things: one, the scoring's obviously gone way up. I don't know if 112 is realistic, but you know his previous average of like mid 80s. Mm, mm. Um, and two, defender status on the cards. Early word is he is training as a defender at the moment. So. What is, uh, He's a tough one to rank. He he could he easily find himself in the next tier if um, you know we, we see good things in the preseason.
2: Yeah, we both predicted Hawthorne to, to hopefully be better this season as well. And I think Hawthorne being better probably equates to less uncontested marks and like yes. junk marks around the back. But I did see someone um, tweet, I can't recall who it was, sorry. But um, I, I agree with them in the sense that maybe even if Hawthorne's uncontested marks drop it might impact some of those other guys rather than amon I, because I think it's more like to affect someone like a for example
1: yeah because Amon's more of that um, and I mean I won't profess to have watched a whole bunch of Hawthorne um, mm. and amon specifically but he strikes me more as that guy that's um, you know up the back of stoppages and like that meters gain kind of player yeah versus he's, he's the providing
2: well, he's providing the run and bounce and so yeah. I, I think that's the guy that you want the ball in the hands exactly. of. so it's maybe I think he did he did junk it up a little bit in those six games. Yeah. I think there was Which a very he... high uncontested mark rate, but we're looking at a guy that's priced it. I know draft, this is irrelevant. Sorry, I put my class. But the average, again, if you're
1: sorting by average, it, it will be relevant because he's going to be lower and he might be a bit of a steal. notice him
2: there, but yeah. yeah. I, I mean, priced at 86, a guy that, you know, if in that role, I'd be reasonably confident that in that role, he could do 100. Yeah. Um, and it's not the worst amount
0: of value. So
1: if I price or if I order the uh, midfielders via average... Carl uh, Amon comes out as the forty sixth ranked midfielder. Yeah, so if so I've got out, him at yeah. twenty two. So if again, if you're ordering your, um, you know, draft by average from yeah. last year, have a look at Carl Amon and remember that I do believe and watch him in the preseason. That if everything is going the way that I think it will, he should be able to pick up defender status. And if he does pick up defender status, that's that's a top six defender, really. Um, so. Definitely. Yeah, definitely someone that after that podcast, I went back and did a bit more research and, and I'm a bit more keen on him now. So um, he is in there, like I said, with a bunch of old fellas there, Tom Libertore, Cogs, Brad Crouch, Lockie Neal, Josh Kelly and Adam Trawler. Is there anyone in this tier from those old boys that grabs your attention the most? I know you're a big Josh Kelly fan. Are you you still a believer? Still holding I've uh, Been
2: heard a couple of times now. I, I think you've got them reasonably appropriately ranked there. There is obviously that age, that little age flag. And then with some of them, you've got a little injury flag there as well. You know, Trelaw and his hamstrings. He's a guy that yep. could come out and put on just a massive season. He had a like big we, stretch at times last we year. We know he's a good player, but I guess that... A little bit cautious. Yeah, I mean, wh- that's another good question because I, I don't know a great deal about draft. But how, how do you factor in that injury concern and how far does that drop players in your opinion? I do think it needs to drop them
1: decently far, especially okay. in amongst tiers. So you you, you see, for example, Adam Trelaw, I've got him in this tier, but he's at the bottom. Um, yep. That's because I'm probably the least confident in his um, ability to be healthy than all of these guys. Yep. So even though I think his average may be the same or higher than some of his other guys, um, it was higher than Josh Kelly's was last year, but... He's at the bottom because I'm the least confident in his body. And, and in draft, you pick a player, you've got to for the season. Yes. Like you can't trade him out yeah, and, yeah. and trade someone else back and in. if they're so injured, they
2: got no value on the trade market. Uh,
1: zero. So you're going to have to put a bench player to cover him. So yeah. I, I do think it is definitely something you want to factor in. I'm usually not a big guy that's like easy and quick to slap an injury-prone tagle, tag, uh, tag on someone.
2: The old tagle. The old tagle. The old tagle. Put him on the table. do I want to be tagled by Mitch.
1: Uh, but someone like Trello who's had consistent... Repetitive hamstring soft tissue injuries. Yeah, soft tissue is different too. And, and at your age, when you when you cross that 30, 31 years old, um, those things are definitely something I factor oh, into. Bro, I power.
2: found when you cross twenty-seven, your body's fucked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Fucking absolutely.
2: Apart, Especially you have you have a kid and. I, I, oh. I laughed it off because people were saying oh once you have a kid you, you watch out like you'll start feeling it you, you're up and down off the ground all the time I'm I'm fucked mate I'm mate you, you, you're training for a triathlon I don't know what you're talking take, about
1: you're, you're crushing it
2: just barely mate take me out the back I reckon turn me into glue
0: <laughs>
1: baby bump not, over I'm here you, had, you heard it first
2: yeah god, uh, god I've been hard dumb boy I had a baby you see yeah yeah give, and you, give
1: yourself some slack my,
2: body, my body's the one that's taking it hard <laughs> Jesus oh, don't poor, let Brooke hear this fucking now. alright here t- uh, five, a
1: little short, little mini tier here. I've got Jack Viney, uh, a couple of young players as well in Chad Warner, yeah. Jai Newcomb, Josh Dakos, and Adam Chera. Jack Viney's is just the top of this um, ranking and tier here. Again, a little bit of it hinges on the availability of a Clayton Oliver. He went on a bit of a tear towards the end of last season when Oliver did miss some time. He had some big ceiling games there, so I don't mind him, or even as a bit of a handcuff if you have a, a, an Oliver reaching to get a Jack Viney there as well, just to kind of cover yourself off a bit there. Um, and then a few young guys. Adam Chera and Dacos are at the bottom of this tier because I'm less confident in their role, but I think especially Chera probably has the highest ceiling of all of these guys, mm. but the Carlton midfield to me is very difficult to get a grasp on, but I, I do like his scoring ability. Um, Chad Warner and John Newcomb I think are going to be entrenched in the... You know, inside midfield um, I'd be interested rotations. to see
2: how Chad Warner's game is impacted by some of those guys at Sydney. Like Taylor Adams. And yeah, and- I know Taylor Adams is, he's a little bit older and Chad Warner's obviously going to be more of a guy that they want to continue forward with. But just interesting to see, like, there's only so much ball to go around in there and if, if Adams is getting first hands on it.
1: Do you think it could be a positive thing, though? Like, as a guy like Chad Warner, who's not really... He's not the liver. He's more of the yeah.
2: He does get out and then and then the Bailey Smith kind of thing from stoppage, yeah. doesn't he as well? Yeah, I mean it could be a positive as well. I just uh, we always talk about mouths to feed, yeah. so if there's fantasy points to go around, only so many people can have.
1: Yeah, it. I more see Taylor Adams affecting a player like a Luke Parker more yeah. so than than a Chad Warner, but that's yeah. just my take. Sydney fans, if you're watching along, drop it in the comments. Who do yeah. you think? If anyone gets the, you know, the bump or, or loses value with the additions of James Jordan and a uh, Taylor Adams. A lot of people, t- I've heard a lot of talk about John Newcomb at Hawthorne. Mm. Um, he was obviously a young player, came in through, I think he was one of the first mid, mid-season drafty uh, picks. I think he was the first pick a few seasons ago. Um, what do you think about his game? I'm, I think he's a good footballer. I don't know if I see a super high ceiling when it comes to AFL fantasy pedigree. I've got him progressing and I bumped his average from last year up. So he was ranked lower than this by average, but I don't think I can see him crossing into maybe even the triple digits this season. So I've got him more at a high nineties average in this projection what do you think about Jai Newcombe? Have you do you have a difference of opinion for me there? Or I,
2: like you said before, I, I'm guilty of not watching a great deal of Hawthorne last year. Really um, it, It's interesting looking at his stats across the across the season. He actually he did have two reasonably high ceiling games, but aside from that, it was it was yeah pretty they're catch, a bit so, infrequent. I mean, there's a one there's a one fifty nine against the Bulldogs, which oh, is true. fucking okay. massive. But it, it it's an it's an anomaly. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think that. He's he's twenty two years old as well. So yeah. I think there's the opportunity for a guy like that to um to continue to pop. Um but um but yeah, I think he still fits in that tier that you that you've got him in there around yep. um guys like you know, Viney, wanna. um Chera, Dacos. If, I think of all those guys, if if Chera puts it together, I think shows, he has the highest ceiling. Yeah. Oh him and Viney, but Viney's I think more based off Vonnie what happens to it.
1: Oliver. Yeah. But Chera has the highest ceiling. I just really have no idea what's going on at Carlton. Um, what about Dacos? Taylor, Adam Lee, Taylor Adams leaves. Yeah, now, He didn't have the highest CBAs, but he did have some. Do you think that this means that Dacos gets more inside time or is he still more of just that winger? Because he is a bloody good winger.
2: Oh, he's fantastic, isn't he? Um, um, let me pull up Collingwood's CBAs. Was he in so Australia okay. last year? Was he? In a- it wouldn't have surprised me. I, th- I think he has been. Whether it was this year or, yeah, find that out. But having a look at um, the pies midfield mix, they do send a few different guys through there. And Dacos... Yeah, he, was, he was all Australian on the wing. Dacos mm-hmm. saw, you know, a few CBAs in the first part of the year, but it didn't look like it was He'll something more- that they persisted with. Yeah, so. Um, you know, it, it could be, but when you're an all-Australian winger, yeah, it's hard to move you off a position like that when yeah, you're doing it so he, well. He does play it so well. He's a really great link man for them. So, yeah.
1: So I think I think. If, if he did see more CBAs, he would have a bit more of a ceiling. But even on a wing, he can be a high 90s guy. I do think he's a really good player. So, um, yeah, he's in there at tier 5. The final tier to round it out to the top 40, number 34, uh, the head redhead himself, Matty Rau at number 34. Now number 35, back-to-back mats. I've got Matt Crouch. 36, Tom Mitchell. 37, Hugh McCluggage. 38, Paddy Cripps. 39, I've got Tim Kelly. And at 40, I've got Luke Parker. Had to make an adjustment. Recently with Tim Kelly going down with a hammy in the preseason, he's going to miss two to three weeks, so interrupted preseason on a player like um, Tim Kelly. He was in that previous tier beforehand with you know Mucomb and, and Warner and those boys, but I've dropped him down a little bit. What are your thoughts about Matty Rao? Because there was a time, Luke, where Matty Rao was the next coming of Jesus Christ himself, and he <laughs> was every AFL fantasy's wet dream. Um and <laughs> he he's, was, wasn't he? he's Disappointed, but he has been improving. He's been getting better every season. Led yeah. the league in... Marks, um, Marks was it? Marks, yeah, <laughs> Marks, uncontested possessions. Um, <laughs> tackles last season. So yeah. he's good at what he does. Is there still the opportunity for him to evolve his game and, and really blow up? He's still only 22.
2: I mean, I think there is. When you come in in your first, whatever it was, three, four bang, games bang, and bang, do what bang. he did. So, I mean, yeah. it, sh- it shows that he's capable of doing it. Yeah. Um, do you think Dim is going to love a player like Matty Rao? You'd have to think any coach would love a player oh, like yeah, Matty Rao, True, wouldn't you? true, true. But what I... I mean, the question is when you look at the top... Fantasy scorers in the league—they always have that really well-rounded game, don't they? It's—it's yeah. it's not like there's a guy that goes out and averages twelve tackles and only takes a mark, and, and he's a top scorer. It's like they have that well-rounded fantasy game. So I think it's pretty obvious if um, Matt Rouse to take it to the next fantasy level. Anyway, it, he needs to add the uncontested possession. So we, maybe we've seen can...
1: we've seen it before. Mm.
2: Um, someone like
1: a um Ollie Wines was very much in that mould. Yep. Someone like a Jack Steele was very much in that mould. Um, there's someone else that's escaping me. I think maybe even a Dunkley was a bit like that, um, where these guys have those high tackle numbers and then something happens all of a sudden. That maybe it's a yeah. fitness thing or whatever, and they they get better at popping out and get that uncontested pill. And um, I always think it's it's almost harder to... You don't see it go the other way as much. Like, you don't see someone who's... Not a tackler, uncontested, and then all of a sudden they become like this this yeah. beast inside. No, whereas no um, seagulls
2: going in there. Yeah,
1: sometimes you see it the other way. So to me, that's why he's at the top of this tier because it would not shock me if at the end of this season we're talking about Matty Rowell as that like top twenty type midfielder. The way we were like two seasons ago after seeing his sort of first season in the AFL. But it's obviously you know, there's a bit of evidence to say he's not quite there yet
2: you know another thing that may work against him as well is um, Dimmer Hardwick uh, yeah. uh, Richmond Richmond were never a really high marks team like no. last year I know he was in there for half the season but third last in marks 2022 you know, Richmond lower half of the table in marks yeah. so um, that could work against him in terms it of he's trying to improve yeah. that area but yeah He's a guy you're drafting a little bit later anyway, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, these are sort of your your M4s and and things like that, so um, sometimes you might have these guys on the bench, sometimes they'll be on your field, so you can sort of play the matchups a little bit there as well. Uh, Talk to me about Tommy Mitchell. Are we just saying that he is what he is at this point, and the last season is basically what we're going to see from him? Is there any hope that he bounces back to the Tom Mitchell of old?
2: Uh, I don't suspect so. Yeah. He's playing a role in a very successful team. won like a premiership, so... <laughs> so, you're not going to be changing, are you? Yeah. Um, he's done that portion of career where he was just pigging it, and now he's going to yep. go add a few rings. Not, not rings. Rings. Medals. Some, some medals. <laughs> some yeah. danglies. What are you, rings or medals? Which would you rather? I think rings are kind of cool, but I don't know if it's cool because it's, like, Americanized. Yeah. There's, you know, the NBA it's players a bit, It's are a, bit cool, yeah, a bit flashy, yeah. flashy. Yeah. Danglies are pretty cool, but Yeah. But I guess rings, you can... You wouldn't like you wouldn't go to a dinner party or something wearing, wearing a, a dangling, <laughs> yeah, whereas so you could go wearing. You could, you your, could rock your a little ring, rings, yeah. couldn't
1: you? Yeah, I reckon that's probably that'll sell. So me you go that. rings, yeah. Just, just you know, yeah.
2: Just have Those it on there for go dinner. Ones. Yeah, just like, I don't it. think the AFL's got enough money to no, uh, <laughs> we're spend, not, not spend on not, everything, not, not the yeah. NBA level stuff. Those things stuff. I
1: reckon cost a fair bit. Uh, last player I'll talk about in this tier is Hugh McCluggage. I've got him up here because I do think he sees a little bit of a bump at least early in the season while Ashcroft mm. is out. Who, I think he did his ACL in July I want to say. So he's going to miss a fair chunk of the season. Um, so I do think McCluggage is probably the one to benefit the most
2: but I don't see it being game changing. He should do a partnership with McDonald's eh. Hey? Do a Pluggage, little Yeah, a little promo. Little. What would you what would you What was that
1: Maca, that Maca ad, the you know that one where they do the hey Macca and it's like McCray and then there's Oh they did one. Did yeah, they, they do did, a Oh they, they did, they did. Oh, yeah, they they did it yeah, one yeah, yeah. Was, with the was, and all that. Yeah, was that yeah, a yeah, yeah. thing? It was a Macca's one.
2: Oh, yeah. was he in that? But I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe I've <I'm> just <laughs> yeah. suggested something that's already happened. <laughs> what a great idea, Luke. Fantastic, mate. <laughs> Come and get your get your Mc luggage. What would what Item of food would a McLuggage be? It
1: sounds pretty hefty. I reckon it'd have it had to did. be like a <laughs> 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 fucking suitcase <laughs> full of nuggets or something. Lugget, yeah. Like the 50 nugget pieces <laughs> yeah. is the McLuggage.
2: <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, that's a good one there. We'll call him. We'll uh, take royalties if Mac has ever decided to do that. He's Thanks. now
1: forever known as McNugget. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that there's a little bit of upside there from him, but again, you've still got players like Lachie Neal and, and uh, Dunkley there, so he's yeah. not going to surpass those boys. So Also,
2: when you're looking at teams that are, that are successful and have been consistently successful, you kind of ask yourself, well, what's going to change? They're going to yeah, they're yeah. going to continue keep, doing, keep doing, doing what you're doing. So, yeah. yeah, it's really those
1: bottom teams that things might be a bit more open. A yeah. um, couple of players that were unlucky to miss, um, a few classic relevant players here, Jordan Dugowie, Cam Guthrie, Josh Ward uh, from the Hawks, and Will Day. Will Day, with his injury, bumped him out of this one here, so he is someone probably... Um, Drafting after the 40 is a bit of a bit of a bench option. And then Callum Mills is a tough one because if healthy, he would absolutely be in, in my top 40. But I don't really know how much time he's going to miss. And when he does come back, his role is still a little bit unclear. Obviously, they've added players like Taylor Adams yeah. and things like that. And I think that will affect him. We would know they do like to show, uh, throw him around a little bit. So probably wouldn't reach into the top 40 for him. But, you know, I'm happy to grab him and sit him on my bench for a little while, see if things go all right. It's fair. So, yeah. Anyone else you think that I've completely forgotten about? Or we'll let the, uh, the, the comments... Let the keen-eyed observer... Yeah. <laughs> you can throw that down in the YouTube you comments. you better eye than me, I'm sure. So uh, yeah, those are our top 40. Oh, another player I actually. Just want to throw in there, Nick Martin is probably Ooh. someone that was also very stiff to miss. Uh, yeah, just yeah. with the news that he might potentially be playing juicy. in a in a half back role. Juicy so role. if I get some confirmation on that, then he will definitely make. The there
2: three. was a stat that he was he was statistically the least accountable player in the league. And again, go play defense, yeah.
1: <laughs> Go back and play defense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you played that at the ground, but yeah, don't yeah, worry yeah. about it, man. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. So I, I think he could be a very juicy player if I can see confirmation of that. So. Let us know down in the comments who do you think we have forgotten and uh, are you playing draft and when is your draft? Let us know down there. Give this video a big old thumbs up. And next week we are starting the dangerous and um, terrifying journey that is the forward line. Talking could, premiums. Could be short podcasts. Short, short, the well, that, premiums I mean, will be short, I'll tell you that much. Yes. They mid prices might there might be a fair bit to talk about there. But Thanks we much. will see you guys then come on next podcast on Sunday and we will catch you next time. Bye.